Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you today? Doing fine. Good. Thank you. No more rain? No more rain, but I can't plant my garden yet. I know. we got some cold days <laughs> Waiting <coming>. for spring. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right now, we still have a few problems to discuss. Uh, I thought we had a victory in Canada yes. the way we did. We do, yes. But the, but the prime minister doesn't know about it yet. <laughs> can, can you believe this guy? You know, uh, you'd think people in politics would, uh, even if you disagree with them, to flaunt what they're doing when the evidence is so overwhelming. Yeah. You know, there's a, con a lot of Canadians that don't agree with you, Mr. Prime Minister. Yeah. And so he buckles down and makes it even worse and, and raises more cane. And, uh, but, but, you know, the uh, convoy, I still consider that a neat little activity that they had. And that wasn't like a thousand or two thousand. <laughs> and, and down here, we have a candidate brags when he gets 70 or 80,000. But they're, they're, they said there could be a million people out there. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it may still be going because I think other countries are starting to feel the same way and they might start it. So I think that's going to be in the news and that's all good. You know, some people say, well, yeah, but they're going to block the highway and they're going to interfere with, uh, with activity. You know, my answer there is technically that might happen. I wish it was in the front of the Trudeau residence and then it wouldn't be so bad. But, you know, peaceful resistance to the authoritarianism that is outrageous by government uh, is, is really one of the tools that are legitimate. If you, I mean, Martin Luther King accepted that and he was praised for it, not to use violence. And yet, of course, the media would like to say, well, that isn't the case, that these people who are demonstrating now, they're violent people, they're from the radical right, and, and then they try to build their case, but they're having a little bit of trouble. In spite of the control they have with the media, they're still having trouble with their, uh, their propaganda that they've been perpetuating for the last two years. The people are waking up. Yeah, it's really fascinating up there. You know, yesterday they decided to block the border crossing between the U.S. and Canada. I think there were well over 100 trucks there. Um, they've threatened with the police. Uh, to, to remove them from there. They, of course, are all in Ottawa. There are hundreds and hundreds and thousands of trucks there. The prime minister went into hiding after, uh, after criticizing them before. He came out of his little rabbit hole for a few minutes to denounce them all as racists <clears throat> and says that he will not meet with them no matter what. And these are, these are you know, maybe a million people, uh, blue-collar workers. And let's put it, this is from the Daily Mail. This is, this is, um, you know, we love the way they do their headlines. They don't mince any words. But Justin Trudeau says he won't meet French convoy because of their hateful rhetoric. He'd rather go to a Black Lives Matter rally, is what he said uh, in his statement. Talk about having a tin ear. Uh, he said he, uh, he won't meet with them. Uh, tensions are high. Uh, the truckers demand that the vaccine mandates be uh, removed. Uh, and let's look at a little bit of what he said, actually, that next clip. And I'll just. Uh, in the back here, but here's, here's, what, here's what Trudeau said to, you know, probably a couple million of his own citizens. I want to be clear, we are not intimidated by those who hurl insults and abuse at small business workers and steal food from the homeless. We won't give in to those who fly racist flags. We won't cave to those who engage in vandalism or dishonor the memory of our veterans. Freedom of expression, assembly, and associations are cornerstones of democracy. 
but Nazi symbolism, racist imagery, and desecration of war memorials are not. It's an insult to memory and truth. Hate can never be the answer. You know, <laughs> what he's saying is, as bad as you people are, we can outdo you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's with making things evil and also in denial of exactly what the problem is there. People, people are speaking out, I would like to believe, it, it's not complicated. People just want their freedom. They want to deal with their own problems, their own lives. They want to deal with their medical problems, and they don't want this type of control. Yeah. But it's interesting, that kind of stuff's been around for a long time. It's been around our country a long time. But there's something that's been galvanized. They must have stepped over the line. And you know what? I have a suspicion it might be the kids. Yeah. Especially because what they're doing with the kids is sort of insane. Because the kids are the least vulnerable, and they're punishing the yeah. kids. And I, I think that might be because that's what energized the parents, yeah, you know, yeah. at the schools. And then all of a sudden they started reading the propaganda that was being put in the government schools. And uh, I think this has galvanized people. I think it's ideological. I think it's very emotional. I think it's the overstepping their bounds, the people who think their turf is being invaded. Yeah. And they don't want anybody to challenge them. They can't stand it, especially if it's based on a principle. The thing about, I mean, Trudeau is out and out lying. You know, if you just listen to what he said, and maybe that's what he's counting on, but everyone's got cameras these days, and Twitter's got tons and tons of footage these days. If you just listen to what he said, he would, you would think it was a Nuremberg rally where there are a bunch of Nazis and they're setting up gallows and this and that. The fact of the matter is, and I've watched tons and tons of it, and everyone has watched tons and tons of it. There was only one time. It was a guy who brought out a brand new Confederate flag. He had his face completely covered in a ski mask. He was immediately surrounded by people who told him, this is not acceptable. Take this down and get out of here. Um, so if there were these uh, Nazi flags and racist flags, we would surely see plenty of them. There are not any of these, and he's flat out lying, and he knows it. Let's look at... Um, <clears throat> Just a couple more pictures, because here's, here's some photos of the blocking of the border at Alberta, when a massive convoy of truckers, this is Jack Posobiec, um, blockaded the border. And, but the thing is, the rhetoric coming from Trudeau is, uh, is being challenged in their own parliament. In fact, here's the next one. Pierre Polyevre, who is a uh, young member of parliament, he's 42, he's from the Conservative Party. Um, Find out, find a couple of his speeches on Twitter because he is very dynamic. But here he is among the people, and he says, These are the people the media and Trudeau want to silence. Bright, joyful, and peaceful Canadians championing freedom over fear on Parliament Hill. And his hashtag is truckers, not Trudeau. But these are the, we're supposed to believe these are all racists and Nazis getting ready to, I don't know, have a Holocaust or something. But it's good for this MP for calling them out. That's right. You know, the other day when we first started talking about this, I said, I think these people are going to be happy people, and they're going to be with allies, and they're going to not see this as a great, great burden on their part uh, to go through the cold and, and do all the walking and driving and all the worries that they have. You know, uh, I was so pleased to see a couple of days later uh, there were some stories out you know, what a good time they yeah, were having yeah. and get along. And I, I think that, that that is, if you want a needle 
the bad guys, they, that they can't stand. Yeah. Not only are they outraged by somebody standing up to the government and having, having them tell the truth about the government, if, if they're having a good time of it, we want them to suffer. Yeah. That is why there's a certain TV station. I wouldn't say its name because we don't divide our TV station, <laughs> liberal and conservative, but it wasn't a conservative station. And, and I look at this and, and it seems like a silly thing for me to look at. But the one thing is, is they, everybody who's a commentator on there, men and women, are so sad. Yeah. You know, their, their lips are down. Yeah. And they think, what am I doing here? How, yeah. how long is this? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. 10 more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the some Soviet media in the 50s. You right. know? But the thing that terrifies them, again, and I've seen a, a plenty of stuff in some interviews, that this is being replicated around the world. In Australia right now, they're, they're organizing a trucker rally to go to their capital with the same thing. They interviewed a, a young trucker about this and how energized he was. And like you say, he had a smile on his face. He said, I'm so happy to be around like-minded people and we're going to take this to the capital. And that's what they're terrified of and that's what they hate so much. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on the story, Dr. Paul, and we'll keep updating if there's more about it. But I guess we're going to move on to um, a story that uh, some friends of ours uh, brought oh, up, yes, actually. Uh, if if our viewer audience haven't heard of them, they should. Yeah. Because if you if you believe in the Second Amendment, you go to Gun Owners of America. Yeah. And they've been around a lot. They've uh, they they've never been as big as some of the others, but they have been right on the issues. They they never sell out. You yeah. know, to the government. And that's Larry Pratt. Yeah. Uh, and I think his son is involved there. I don't know what uh, Larry's uh, uh, doing at this moment. But he, he has a really good organization, and if people want to support a pro-gun organization, it's uh, Gun Owners of America. Yeah, not NRA. <laughs> so, uh, but, and, they, and they have brought to our attention now something that sounds like it would be, uh, uh, you know, Ed Snowden, Don Ed Snowden's alley, yeah. you know, and that is the abuse of the laws that uh, are on the books uh, or implied from the laws to develop another database. But you know, there's been some explicit laws that tell these uh, uh, anti-gun people that they can't make these lists, and they're doing it. And, and Gun Owners of America discovered it, and they're they're talking about it, and they're claiming that uh, the numbers approaching is a billion people. Yeah, billion and, records. Uh, yeah, major, large majorities on electronic, uh, uh, you, you know, lists, which means that. Uh, Everybody, uh, I think, that has ever studied the gun issue knows that the government doesn't just up and decide, you know, we, we can harass you, but we're not ready to take your guns yet until you're on a list. They have to know you are. That was one reason why I was—I never was too excited about, uh, you know, these permits you get. You go and take a course and you sign up and yeah. you get permit. Well, that to me sounds like a list. So, but anyway, I think it's the spirit of liberty that will make the, make the difference. Uh, maybe a lot of people didn't think through, uh, you know, vaccinations and lockdowns until it happened to them. And then uh, it finally boiled out over the people had to act. Fortunately, they acted out in a good way. And, uh, and you know, it, it's great that we've had these massive rallies and... Uh, the only guns that we have seen have been by authorities that have misused their guns. Yeah. And that, that tragedy in Washington, uh, uh, the one woman being killed, that, that is a real tragedy. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a really big deal. It's a, it's a billion <laughs> records of gun sales here in the U.S. that uh, 
GOA discovered. And it has important data, it has name, address, place of birth, sometimes even social security numbers. And you know, you've always, and I remember because I did this for you on the Hill, but you've always been very adamantly opposed to federal databases. You know, you fought very hard against the Real ID Act, even when a lot of the anti-immigration people were furious with you because they thought somehow it would solve the problem. But you've always been against these databases because you've always said they can easily be abused. When we were talking before the show, you made a great point, I thought, which is that you got this billion record database of people who bought guns, and now you've got a nationwide database of people who took the vaccine who didn't. If you mix those up, you're going to get a lot of data that could really, really be dangerous to people. And, you know, the other thing that started this whole thing off is expanding rapidly, and, and uh, the financial records. Yeah. You know, the financial records there. The vaccine records are one thing, but it's the medical records, too, HIPAA type of thing. we got to protect the privacy of the people. That's one example of a bill that I, I pointed out so frequently is you look at the title and you know they're doing going to do the opposite you know they were protecting the privacy of the patient and look at what's been resulting and that's been around for quite a few years and but i think when you combine the guns and the vaccine mandates and passports as well as the financial controls uh and that's that's going to get a lot worse uh it's going to continue because uh there's still a lot of people, and I think they're marching along. You can't imagine how much less uh, uh, the cash is being used. People, they've made it so cash is slower yeah. than, uh, you know, and the credit cards are too slow, too. you got to go, oh, you mean just, I could just do this? Yeah, uh, yeah. Peek in there, yeah. and, and they can, I can get my credit. Wow, I didn't know I was so powerful. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. You're just so obedient. You're going <laughs> to go along with what the government's telling you to do. Yeah, that's dangerous. Well... We want to move on to the Surgeon General, who I think not the brightest bulb, but you know, there's a saying, Dr. Paul, in social media, when you post something and the massive, massive majority of the responses are negative, it's called you've been ratioed. And so um, uh, Jerome Adams, the Surgeon General, posted something essentially, and I'll, and I'll show the tweets, but he tweeted basically that if you're upset about your kids being forced to wear masks, it's all the fault of the unvaccinated oh, people in America. If you really cared about these kids, you would go get your shots and your boosters and everything. Let's look at what he has to, to say. Um, here's uh, Jerome Adams. He did this uh, late yesterday. Slowing COVID spread is about layers. If one layer isn't sufficient, you have to strengthen the other layers to maintain equivalent protection. Part of the reason the U.S. feels compelled to mask kids while other countries haven't is because our other layers are insufficient. Let's go to the next one. Let's go through a couple of these. He doubles down. He says, today's, I don't, know, I don't know who needs to hear this. Most countries with lesser child masking and vaccine expectations for their children have far higher than U.S. adult vax boost mask rates. In the U.S., we're forced to ask more of our kids because we get so little from our adults. And then do the next one again, and here's someone questioning him. Um, Masks don't work the way that you want them to, doctor, and you know it. It's a disgrace what's being done to our children, especially at this stage in the pandemic. This is Jeff Alkier responding. Jerome Adams says, absolutely agree. They don't work as well as I would like them to. I'd rather have Europe's vax rates than kids masking, but they work better than nothing. And right now there are too many adults literally doing nothing. That's the problem. So he would rather have the vax rates of Europe's, but let's forward a little bit the next one, and we remember this from just a couple of months ago. Here's Walensky, the CDC director. 
What these vaccines can no longer do is prevent transmission. So she's saying the vax doesn't stop the virus from spreading. And then here is the Surgeon General saying we got to keep the mask on the kids because the virus is spreading because you're not vaccinated. It's absolutely diametrically opposed information. They're not thinking about the kids. They're thinking about how we're going to get all adults, you know, having the vaccine passport. And the kids will come later. But in the meantime, they'll, they'll start on that. And, and, and they have. And that, that is, uh, you know, so, so disappointing that uh, they're doing this to the kids. It's such, such a horror for me to see uh, the kids in the school with these masks on. Yeah. We've, we're, we've talked so often about the complications of this, and, and there, there's a lot. You know, uh, in the one statement you said there was a, that we need to do more, we do do more to all that. No, you need to do less. You know, because uh, I happen to believe that, you know, the kids are safer and yet, yes, they may have exposure and they may have immunity and they're probably a lot safer to be. I'd rather be around a bunch of kids that have been unvaccinated uh, than the adult who has been vaccinated yeah. because, you know, they're they they get well. Oh, it didn't work first time. You need a couple more boosters. One, two, three. Yeah. And we'll take care of them. And uh of course, that, uh, that, that is what they would like to do, and it's, they're still doing it, but that's why there's a lot of people up on the uh, convoy right now, because they, they know what's coming, yeah. and people should act out. Well, the one reason that the elites hate social media is because you have millions of people who can check you in real time, and what happened to the Surgeon General after he posted that is he was corrected over and over and over because people said, hang on a minute. The kids in Europe are not mask-free because everyone was vaccinated. They're mask-free because essentially they never had the masks put on them. So that would argue for the opposite of what he's saying. No masks on the kids didn't have any effect on anything. And when he cited France as a high vax rate, someone else pointed the charts that we put up about how the cases are through the roof. And what you're talking about is uh, science, you know, the science of it, they, it wasn't necessary and the kids didn't die because they didn't get their shots. And yet uh, they, they turn around and say, what, uh, if you deny and you don't want to do it, then you're unscientific. You know, the whole, the whole idea of the 1984 definition <laughs> of, uh, of immunity, this, this whole thing is, is really messed up. But uh, the kids have suffered from this. And... Uh, I still think they're a long-term, especially when they get these multiple boost, uh, booster shots, long-term uh, danger to it that, that they have no idea. And even the, the experts that might think, uh, might be uh, very knowledgeable, they might think along these terms, but he said, we're not going to know for a while. Yeah. Why do I take the chance on that? Especially if the kids don't need them. Yeah. The kids yeah. will do better without it. It's just such a dumb argument so easily uh, deconstructed and looked at. And here's a tweet, here's another response. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but there's so many great responses. So Surgeon General saying, the kids have to wear masks because you didn't get your shots. <laughs> and let's put this next one up if we can. Uh, someone says, wait, so my kids have to mask at recess to protect the fully vaccinated school staff or me and my fully vaccinated wife? What? How does this make any sense at all? <laughs> Which is absolutely true. It doesn't make any sense. And the last one from Jerome Adams. Jerome Adams saying, we've got to force masks on your kids because you didn't take a shot. Well, here's the same Jerome Adams not that long ago. Put up that next tweet, please. 
here he is back in February two years ago seriously people stop buying masks they are not effective in preventing general public from catching coronavirus but if healthcare providers can't get them to care for six patients it puts them in our communities at risk so he is exposed as a well I hate to say liar but certainly a hypocrite he said two years ago the masks don't work and now we're saying we've got to put the masks on your kids because you won't do what you're told they worry less about whether they're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. What they want to do is get away with conditioning everybody to the fact that the government's in charge. Yeah. And if they need to put an injection into you and have a vaccine passport, and we have to condition the kids, the kids, the kids if, if they figure it out it's not doing any good, I mean, they're going to be more independent-minded. But it's just great that uh, the kids are endangered and I think they're in greater danger by massively inoculating every kid yeah. for, for a disease that they're not likely to get. Yeah, and certainly not likely to get very ill or die from, which right. is, we've always said is great news. But uh, the last way we want to cover, because we've been talking a little bit about foreign policy again, and this has to do with the, um, the you know, U.S. naval presence in the Black Sea. We talk a lot about how we spend so much time in the South China Sea, and it's just about our provocative uh, foreign policy. Um, Dave DeCamp over anti-war wrote about this a couple of days ago, but he cited a study, uh, data compiled by Stars and Stripes, showing that the U.S. warships have more than doubled their presence in the Black Sea in 2021 compared to the year before. Uh, in days spent in the area, they've doubled that amount. You know, I think this is such a perfect example of provocation. You know, and yet, the news that you read, the propaganda that you read, is that they're doing us, the American citizen, a big favor because we're preparing and protecting our citizens and making you safe, and therefore that's what we have to do. We can't wait till they invade Europe and take over Europe. Yeah. You know, they're they're getting ready to invade Ukraine. Which uh, they have, <clears throat> I, I don't think, you think the Ukraine people believe that anymore. They don't believe it even. That's why they're so mad at them. <laughs> yeah, they're so scared of the living daylight. But we'll send our best ambassador over there to talk to the president. We'll send Biden over. He'll, 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 he'll smooth things I'm up. Sure, that'll, he'll do something. He'll find the ice cream stand. Uh, three, a few threats here and there. But no, the whole principle of provocation. <laughs> Excuse me. But then uh, the, the other thing is if you don't, if you can make them do something by threatening them and they don't listen, then you put on sanctions. Yeah. That's our foreign policy. You know, I was thinking about this this morning. What's really interesting is just final thing about the Ukraine situation is once again, ironically, U.S. foreign policy, they are so inept. What they've managed to do something that I didn't think was possible in that they've pushed Ukraine and Russia together because both Ukraine and Russia are saying, no, they're not about to attack. Stop saying it. They're not about to attack. And that's why I think uh, so many people now are talking about, I think it was something on Zero Hedge today, about Zelensky, the Ukrainian president. He's really on the outs with the U.S. because he stood up and said, hang on a minute, we're not about to be attacked. But in, in many ways, you know that the current government of Ukraine had something to do with our foreign policy. Yeah. I mean, we stirred up the mess out there and uh, got rid of one. And we actually participated in a coup. I can't believe that. Yeah. And, How undemocratic. And, yeah. So, um, no, I think that's great that the leaders uh, wake up and that's why I say diplomacy is a good idea. I used to make the comment in the debates and I had the number of how many diplomats we had, you know, 100,000 diplomats. Why don't we use them? Use them a little. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
even though that's pure, probably too many. Yeah. <laughs> but it's at least better than sending sending the troops or putting on sanctions and threatening and intimidation, or designing a foreign policy for the one purpose is making money. Yeah. The military industrial complex, and I think. Uh, uh, I don't know. We're sending more weapons over there. I, I guess it's coming from the American taxpayers because the uh, Ukrainians don't have a lot of money. They can't. They can't pay for this. <laughs> no, they're not paying for it. No. <laughs> well, I'll just close out uh, by thanking our viewers again. Please, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe and please uh, forward the show to you to others and please do a thumbs up so we can get a little bit more attention. Also, again, I want to remind everyone to please sign up for updates to the Ron Paul Institute. I'll put a link in the description. Uh, but, you know, this, uh, this is uh, free updates that we send. We're not going to give your name out. We're not going to sell your name just so we can keep in touch. Never know what's going to happen. We do about one a week. It's not like some of these things that you get, like four or five a day. We do about once a week, and if something big has happened, like a conference, we'll announce it. So we don't abuse your time, but we do want to keep in touch with you. So I'll put that link again uh, in the description, and we, if you're not subscribed, please do subscribe. Well, you know, uh, everybody's thinking up of a, an advantage that they can take from the conditions they have. Instead of backing away when it's obviously they can't, uh, it's really not doing that much good, Austria made the suggestion, we just don't do enough of this. <laughs> and they're proposing, that, you know, measles, that's, a, that's something that's brand new and when nobody's protected from measles, so we have to uh, mandate, uh, you know, uh, for every kid, uh, shots for uh, measles and, and the flu. <laughs> you know, the flu, the flu would fit right in there because the flu is a similar virus uh, to the COVID virus. It, uh, it doesn't last, if it, even if it lasts, for, even if it lasts a little bit. But, but I don't know. I'd like to get get a, take a look at how many people are actually taking flu virus, uh, flu vaccines. Because at the beginning, it, it was sort of a patriotic thing. Did you have your flu shot? But I just have an idea that uh, people aren't rushing out. Maybe maybe the uh, side benefit will be, well, they fib with us on the vaccine and made us vaccinate our kids and all this. Maybe, maybe we don't need this flu shot very often either. Maybe some people will back off from that. Uh, but I think that one of the biggest uh, problems that we have in these last two years has been the uh, taking of uh, statistics and uh, embezzling them and using misusing them and saying that uh, you know there's uh, how many cases were there and how many people died and uh, some of these people uh, even recently there was another another study on that the total deaths in these last two years hasn't really changed, which means that there's a lot of misinformation on exactly how people die. And we heard plenty of stories, and I've heard them personally from doctors, on how the, de the death certificates are rigged, you know, because uh, all you have to do is uh, have, have a positive test, but some revealed you didn't even have to have a positive. Oh, you had the sniffles. Yeah, you probably had COVID, and so we'll mark that down. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I want to uh, thank all our viewers for uh, tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Uh, please come back soon.